0: Thank you for tuning in with us at Bayou City Fellowship, Cypress, a community that's radically focused on Jesus. We hope that the message today will equip and inspire you to live in love as Jesus does. Thank you all very much. It's good to have you all here for Mother's Day. We've been in this series we call The Fight because we're in this fight, the spiritual battle raging on for the lives and minds and hearts of people on the earth. And today is no different. Today is no different. We're going to focus today specifically on part of the fight that we all find ourselves in. There's always a moment in your life when you feel like you're up against the ropes, when you're up against the ropes, I bought my wife a—I uh, don't know why I bought her a Mother's Day gift. She's not my mom, but because I know better, of course I bought her a gift. In fact, I bought her two. It's not Wife's Day; that's 364 other days of the year. You can send all emails to Joey.Terman at something.com. I bought her this mug and I liked it. It was cute. And it said mama bear on it. Because if you get it in the way or mess with her kids, she will just destroy you. Because this is how mama bears work, right? You back them up and what happens? Like they're so cute and cuddly until you mess with their kids, right? And then it's game on. Have you ever seen a, have you ever seen a mama bear in the wild or on TV in the wild? They're dangerous, You put him up against the ropes, back him into a corner. That's why I like the Rocky movies. That's why everybody likes the Rocky movies. Because Rocky ends up on the, 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 you know, on the mat so many times and he keeps getting back up. And then at some point, he's up against the ropes and he's just taking it, right? He's just like shot after shot. He's just like eating it. And the reason that it works is because he always comes off the ropes, right? Right? He always comes off the ropes. It's the reason that we keep watching the movie. It's why it's a great movie because there has to be some truth that in life when we find ourselves on the ropes, there has to be a way off because it feels like sometimes that we just keep taking shots. Right, spiritually, emotionally. Today, you might be taking shots. Maybe you've been in the corner, right? And you're just like, there's no way I can take one more. There's no way I can take One more. Maybe you're just taking shots in your marriage. You're up against the ropes. You're just like, God, how is there a way out of this? How is this ever gonna get better? Maybe, look, parenting is not for the faint of heart, amen? All the moms are like, you better preach, boy. (laughs) How we know? Well, we don't know. You're a mom. I'm not a mom. Right, but you take shots. Parenting is difficult. You get, you feel Less than I loved, I loved what Kathy said when she talked about the the fear that I somehow I I lost time. Right? The older we get, we look back and go, God, I wish I would have done it different. I'd taken shots up against those ropes. I don't know what circumstances are you in? How do you find yourself today? Maybe you struggle with doubt. I'm a terrible parent. I'm a terrible student. Nobody loves me. I'm unlovable. Right, because if you're a student, that's what people tell you. Other students, your peers, kids are terrible. They are. They say awful things. They make you feel they play on your insecurities, and it's because they're insecure. Just taking shots up against the ropes. If you have babies, if you don't have babies, up against the ropes. And what ends up happening in this fight is that we can feel left fearful, believed, ties set aside, unseen. That's the hardest thing is when you don't, when you believe that you're the only one in it and you believe that there's no way off the ropes, there's no way out of this corner. Right? And you can be left kind of stranded. But just like, uh, just like Rocky, there's a way off the ropes. There is a way off the ropes. There's a way out of the corner. There's a way back to the center of the ring so you can go back to work getting your licks in. You can go stand firm in the middle of the ring instead of feeling helpless and hopeless on the ropes. This is where we find ourselves today. This is where we find ourselves today. Luke chapter 8. You could turn your Bibles there. It's right before Luke chapter 9. For those of you who are looking, Luke chapter 8, verse 40. Jesus is about the business. They're going from town to town. They're sharing the gospel. They're telling them about the kingdom of God. And there's there's two people here. We're gonna focus on one. There's There's a man who is fighting for his daughter's life. His name is Jairus. There's a man who is fighting for his daughter's life and then there's a woman. We're gonna focus on the woman, but verse 40 says this. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus who was a ruler of the synagogue and falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age and she was dying. If you're a parent, you understand this idea of implore. If you ever had to fall on your knees and implore some, somebody for anything, you can understand where Jairus was. He had no other hope. As Jesus went, it says the people pressed around him. The people pressed around him. The idea is that uh, it's, it's not like this. They were pressed around. Have you ever been at a concert where there's like no room and you're standing there shoulder to shoulder and you can barely move and you're like, oh, you smell all the smells? They were pressed in, human sardines. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. Think about this. This may be a, uh, an old story to you. This woman had, was, was not just up against the ropes, she was on one knee. This woman had spent everything looking for healing, everything. And what you need to know about this woman is she had been set aside, overlooked, and unseen. Because of her discharge, she was unclean, which means that people weren't gonna talk to her. She lost relationships with family and friends. She wasn't part of society like everybody else. She couldn't walk down the street and say, oh, hey, Joe, I'd like to buy three potatoes from you. That's not how it works. She wasn't able to live her life the way everybody else was able to live. And after 12 years of trying to be fixed and healed by people, she was spent hopeless and helpless. Twelve years. I've been in Houston for 12 years. That's not a long t- that's, not, that's not a short amount of time. This woman was on the ropes. She came up behind him. Listen, this is great. After not being able to be healed by anyone. She came up behind him, Jesus. And she, she touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately her discharge of blood ceased. She couldn't walk through the crowd. She couldn't walk through the crowd like everybody else. She wasn't just, she was probably covered, hiding, and she was probably low. She probably snuck through that crowd, and she, she tenderly and gingerly, she reached out just, just to grab the corner, just to grab the very edge, just to touch something in desperation. And it says immediately she was healed. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? I love this. Who was it that touched me? A woman who wasn't seen by anybody. In fact, she could have walked through the crowd and there would have been a wide berth or people just would have said, they just wouldn't have even let her in the crowd in the first place. She sneaks in, she reaches out and Jesus says, who touched me? When everybody's like, I don't know who it was. This is Peter, I love Peter. Gosh, this guy. He's like master, Do you see the crowds? Everybody's touching you. He he says, everybody's pressing in on you. But she says, no, 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 no. Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. He knew who she was. He knew who she was. He knew that it wasn't just some people at the concert. He knew it wasn't just the people pressing in around him. He knew that there was somebody that was unseen by everybody else that absolutely needed to be known and absolutely needed to be seen. And so he asked the question on purpose. Do you think he didn't know? Of course he knows everybody's pressing. Thank you, Peter, for your brilliant assessment of the circumstance. And this woman who had in our scenario, been up against the rope for years, taking shot after shot and blow after blow, and who was scarred and bruised and beaten up by the circumstances of life, emotionally spent. Could you imagine? Imagine we are built for relationship to not have any relationships. Lonely. As a woman, I, I, don't, I don't understand what it would be like, because I can't, I'm not a woman, obviously. But the need for relationship, the need for emotional support, for someone to talk to. How often do you just want someone to talk to? And as she's up against the ropes, she is fearful and timid. And Jesus says, no, no, somebody is here. And 47, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, when she was not overlooked, when she was not set aside, when somebody recognized her for who she is, when somebody looked at her when they weren't supposed to, when somebody afforded her an audience, when she was supposed to be ostracized and set out because she was unclean, it says, when she saw that she was not hidden, she risked it. It doesn't say it here, but this is what she did. She had to risk vulnerability. She could have slithered away. She could have made her way back. She could have touched. Oh, I'm clean. Or as the kids say, skirt, skirt. And she went, she could have left. But she risked being vulnerable. And it says she came trembling. She said, you know what? It can't get any worse. I'm already on the ropes. It says that she came trembling. She came in fear to Jesus and falling down before him, she declared in the presence of all the people. (laughs) She declared in front of all the people. Does anybody like to take a try? She declared in front of all the people. She said, I'm gonna risk being exposed for who I am in front of all the people because she believed Jesus to be who he said he was. Oh, I wish we could understand how big a deal this is. We can't even come in front of all the people when there's three of us. We won't risk exposure and vulnerability if there's three of us, let alone all the people. But you know what got her off the ropes? Do you know what got her into the center of the ring again from sitting in the dirt to standing on her feet? She risked it and she reached out to Jesus who saw her and knew her. She risked vulnerability and humbly came to Jesus trembling and she exposed herself saying, it was me. I was the one who touched you. And then she confessed and testified how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well go in peace. This woman came in fear and trembling and she left in peace and freedom. She came in fear. And when she risked being vulnerable, she humbled herself and left in peace and freedom. And she was healed, I would imagine, more than just physically to be released into a new life of relationships with others because she wasn't unclean anymore. She could stand and she could walk. She could walk with other people, she could go into the market, she could begin to have a she could go to the book club. She could go to Mother's Day out now. Right? She could I don't know, go to the empty nester's things. She had been set free because she risked being vulnerable and honest. And she laid herself out before Jesus. And she realized in that moment that she was seen and known all along. She was seen and known all along. Psalm 139. King David writes this. He says, "O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar." You scratch, you search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. He says, you see, do you see what David says? He says, you see me when I sit in one You see me when nobody else does. It says, you are acquainted with all my ways. It means he knows him. David is testifying to the same thing. They are seen and they are known even before a word is on my tongue. Behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. It says, where shall I go from your spirit? Can I hide in the crowd? Can I slither in and slither out? Says, says, where shall I free from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed and shield, you're there. If I take wings in the morning and I dwell in the utmost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me and your right hand shall hold me. And then he goes on to talk about how we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That his works are wonderful. His works are wonderful. Humble vulnerability is the beginning of freedom a new life, of uh, rescue and restoration. What does that look like? Think about it in all the things we talk about, parenting and marriage, health, emotional struggle, when you're just taking shot after shot. All right? where you feel unseen and set aside, you feel worthless, not enough. See, if the enemy can get us to believe that we are isolated and we're the only ones going through it, we will never risk it. If we look at the people around us and we go, oh man, they don't know how I feel. There's no way they could understand. And if I told them, they would probably judge me anyway and they're not gonna love me. See, this is how the woman stayed where she was until she said, you know what? I've already been found out and he loves me anyway. I've already been known and seen. He he put me together in my mother's womb. See, the enemy doesn't have any power in this fight if we risk it and we reach out. If we risk vulnerability and humbly come before God and before one another, the enemy has no power over you to keep you in that place. And this is part of the fight. See, we live in a world where vulnerability is looked down upon and humility is weakness. Do you know how communities is built, relationships are built, friendships are built, and freedom is found? Through vulnerability and humility. Isn't that funny? So if the enemy can convince us that we shouldn't risk it and reach out, we'll stay bound up, we'll stay unfree, we'll stay up against those ropes. But the minute we say, nope, I've already been exposed before God, he knows my ins and outs and he loves me anyway, And then we go, and we go, and then we're off the ropes, right? And we're back in the fight, seen and known by God, loved and cared for by other people. If you're already seen and known by God, who cares what the devil says? if he sees and knows you, if he can pick you out of a crowd even if nobody else can, set those lies aside and step back into the middle of the ring. What does that look like? You have to say that you need help. She said, it was me. I'm the one that came. I'm the one that needed help. I'm the one that reached out. I need help. I can't do it. We'll do this one on Father's Day too. I can't do it. I need help. I'm hurting. I'm blowing it. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. To say that, I hope you love me anyway. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because God does. God does. I'm gonna read this passage and then we're gonna gonna be done. 2 Corinthians, it says this. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and a God of all comfort who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Down in verse eight, for we don't want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength. Do you ever feel that way? Utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. If that's not a picture of being against the ropes, I don't know what is. It says, indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but, but that was to make Us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such deadly peril, and He will deliver us. On Him we have set our hope that He will deliver us again. What do you need to risk with Jesus? What do you need to reach out about to come off those ropes? And as a people, how can we not be like the crowd that was there who left her unseen, who left her unknown because of ritual and religion? What would it look like to see and know others? How about the woman in the abusive home who needs a witness in order to find justice? Well, if you don't have a witness because people don't see you, Jesus is your witness. How about the man who is trapped in shame with lust or feeling like he's the only one struggling If you don't have somebody to witness with you, if you don't have somebody to see you, there are people. But more than that, there is a Jesus who is your witness. He sees and he knows you. The orphan, the widow, the lonely, and the hurting. What would it look like? What would it look like to see and know those people? It's not safe. At times, it will be dangerous. It's not easy, and it will most certainly be hard to see and to know people. Today, if you're up against the ropes, I'm gonna ask that you would risk it and be vulnerable with Jesus and reach out to him and allow him to rescue you and to offer you new life. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that you feel encouraged. To stay up to date with our current sermon series, you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to find more ways to get involved with the Bayou City family, visit us online at BayeCityFellowship.com or download the Bayou City Fellowship Cypress app to find community in the body of Christ.